0: The enemy of great is good because it's so easy to be good. Most people don't become great. And don't take this the wrong way. People that follow you, you gotta know that you have the potential to be a killer. They gotta know that the guy at the top's a killer. Because he'll protect
1: you, he'll make the right moves, and this thing's moving forward. So we see people like Dimitri and Lee Height fighting a little bit is because. Listen, if you, if you
0: think about lions, if you think about you know, wild animals, you think about packs. They move in packs and they have a leader and they, and the leader needs to be fearless. Mm-hmm. The people crave strong leadership.
1: Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown and this is the Hook Better Leads Podcast. And today I have Kurt Lennington of Linear Roofing On. How you doing, Kurt? Good. How about you? Very good. We're having an event at the office so it's awesome to have you in. Um, we're talking about winning energy and also some of the principles you've learned brought over from the fitness world. I think uh, we'll also get into... Acquisitions, what makes a good acquisition, what are you guys looking for, and uh, just anything else that you've learned in leadership today. So um, if you don't mind giving people like a one or two minute background and uh, we'll get into our topics.
0: Yeah, sounds good. Uh, My name is Kurt Lennington. I'm with uh, Linear Roofing and General Contractors. Um, I'm also uh, a partner in a group called Stronghouse Solutions. Um, And obviously we're looking to disrupt the uh, insurance space from a roofing perspective. I came to the country in 1999 from South Africa. Came with about $700 and uh, started working in the health club industry. I uh, worked at a company called LA Fitness for about 20 years. Uh, Started there as a personal trainer and worked my way up to executive vice president. I was with them uh, from uh, sub 100 locations to just over 800 locations. I've lived all over the country, uh, built very large teams, dealt with uh, struggling markets, new markets, acquisitions. Um, I then just took everything I learned in that industry from a, a leadership perspective, development perspective, training perspective, and implemented it into the roofing space.
1: Awesome. And- Coming from this background of fitness and, and all the stuff that you learned there, what have, what have you seen as some principles that you've used now and what you're doing now? Obviously you're a little svelte and a lot of your team is kind of, you know, you guys actually practice a lot of fitness now. How do you feel like that plays into this? Do you feel like that discipline helps your business?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I, I think it can, and we do have a reasonable amount of people from the health club business uh, that, that came over with us. Not as much as most people think, but I think that, the, the most common concept is uh, you can't help someone else until you can help yourself first, and to be the best leader, and to be the best business owner, and to be the best you know, uh, husband, father, all those things, I think you, you have to be able to take care of yourself first. I think people lose sight of that they they, they look at outwards as, as opposed to inwards and so we do promote um you know looking after yourself and i live by an expression that says there's no such thing as business problems just personal problems that roll into the business mm. for example if you're shitty at home you're shitty at work if you're messy at home you're messy at work and inevitably uh you know uh when your people end up you know specifically people that have been good in the past and now they have issues and and they're struggling and you just go sit with them spend time with them and start realizing that maybe they've got something going on in their personal life that's mm. starting to create and uh, and give cloudy judgments in the business place and uh, and when we start working on those things and we start looking a little deeper and we start helping people with regards to that you find that they start doing better in the business place I think uh, You know, uh, a lot of business owners, a lot of leaders are selfish, right? Uh, There's a book out there called 13 Fatal Errors that talks about how people automatically assume that owners and leaders are guilty and are self-serving. So that's a default setting for people that come work for you, right? Because they think that all you're interested in doing is driving your own profit, driving your own business, and it's all about you, right? Mm -hmm. So in a lot of cases, when you ask someone to do something in a business, uh, the first thing they ask themselves subconsciously is, where's the value to me? They, they don't sit there and say, hey, where's the value to me? But it's mentally happening, right? And it's, and it's this continual battle of like, where's the value to me? And if you can create this environment where you can help people look after themselves and they can see where the value is to them, where they have opportunity uh, and you really care about them, you're not going to struggle.
1: Absolutely. And I I really enjoyed uh, one of your anecdotes on the uh, previous podcast that I listened to, which was about how you had this experience where a leader came to you and said, next time, instead of disagreeing publicly with your leader, I want to see what it feels like for you to start championing the idea and get everyone excited. And I think for some reason, even with high performers, there's like this tendency with other leaders to be contrarian. Yep. And it's a really hard habit to break because it's kind of fun, and it make sometimes it makes for good decision making, like in the boardroom, right? Because we're sharpening each other, we're disagreeing, but what I noted in that is winning energy. You know, when you start championing the other leaders in front of your people, you start to get this winning energy. Uh, you know, amongst the leaders. What are some other like principles, and if you feel like talking about that one, that experience, I would love to hear more about it, that have created winning energy in your team because you guys are winning a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think the first thing that you have to get out of the way, I think whether you're dealing with a customer, whether you're dealing with an independent contractor, an employee, a relationship, a new relationship, a business relationship, um the first thing we have to get out of the way when when people meet each other is like even in an interview right uh uh can i trust you right and and once people can feel that there is a level of trust then they start putting their mind at ease and they stop questioning everything right so for example on our leadership team we had we call that once you move into our leadership team uh you're in what we call um the circle of safety, and some people call it the circle of trust, and, and the theory behind this is because I I came from a corporate America background, not, not saying that my previous work was like this, but you see this a lot in corporate America where people, um, their jobs are always feeling threatened or their environment is always, always feeling threatened due to performance, meaning like when you're performing well, you're, you're great, everyone's giving you accolades and, you, and you're doing awesome, right? But then what if something is going on personally in your life? And what if you do hit some bumps in the road, right? Um, we say that once you move into that leadership team, and, and I'm speaking specifically about leadership because we have things for project managers and things too. But in this specific instance, we we say uh, circle of safety, meaning we will be open to hard and difficult conversations for read or action because we understand that accountability is is... Pressure, resistance is what helps us grow, and trying to avoid that is being naive. And if we ever have to sit down about performance, it's never about your job, and it's never about your career, and that's never in jeopardy, Mm. right? And when we can take that, like, hey, I got to go to the principal's office, or I got to go, like, I'm in trouble, or, Mm. or, you know, I'm not performing. If we could get that trust that people just know that, like, hey, once you... Once you've worked hard and you've earned it and you're in that circle of safety, that that is true. Like, I don't, I'll don't, i do everything I can to save you. I'll do everything I can to work with you. I will, uh, hell, I've, I've, I've paid for people to go to counseling. I've, you know, met people at two in the morning. I've, you know, I've done all these things because at the end of the day, if I can help them through these things and help them grow, then ultimately they grow, we grow, and we all grow together. Right. So, so I I think one of the things that a lot of these places specifically in a, uh, and there's a lot of great companies out there. So let's, let's put that out there first. But, but there are those that are wondering, hey, how do I, how do I move past that 5 million? How do I move past that 10 million? And in some cases, that foundation of like, hey, what's the perception in your business about the leaders and the owners about whether it's, are they in it for themselves? Uh, If I come work there, you know, is it just like a, a shark's mouth where it's just like everyone eats as much as they can and, and everyone's screwing each other over? And and how does that look? How's that infrastructure within your organization? Because when people know that it's competitive yeah, and there's accountability, but it's also safe, right, um, it makes them feel good. It makes them happy. And, and really, it takes away that, like, non-trusting, always challenging environment because you find in a lot of places your better people and and people that come in are always challenging ownership and leadership about direction where we're going and I could talk about this stuff forever because there's one other key concept that we talk about all the time I talk about it all the time and I and my advice to other owners specifically smaller businesses and -and up-and-coming businesses and probably large businesses too is because some people start with this and then they uh, touch it every now and then and then maybe when they get big they stop talking about it, and that is vision. Uh, I'm always doing vision casting, always. You have to always talk about the future. You have to always, and we see a lot of breakdowns even in How our- How
1: far in the future <clears throat> should you be casting that vision? Like five what? years. Five years, you yeah. like that five year number?
0: Five year number.
1: And, and w- is it a sliding five years? So you're kind of always, or do you ever hit it?
0: Um, So we can go down some rabbit holes
1: here. I like these rabbit holes though because I think like this is, I believe I'm a big proponent of vision and I get a little, I like it. So I just hang out there. But I I also, it's hard to know how to share it with my team in a way that actually helps.
0: Yeah. Remember, people want to be part of something great, right? From the book, Good to Great. I think it was Jim Collins, right? The enemy of great is good because it's so easy to be good. Most people don't become great. Right? And so that vision casting, people want to know, they want to be part of something great. They want to be part of something greater than themselves. They mm. want to belong. People are needy. Mm. We all are. You are, I am, we all, some of us say we're not, but in some ways we have these emotions and we want to be part of something. And when you cast vision all the time, but you also execute on that, and it's true and it's real, because you can't be a hypocrite. You can have these big meetings and talk about this vision, and then not back it up and not follow through and not put in the necessary steps to get there, right? And when you can do that, your people are going to be excited. But uh, th- that rabbit hole part was was chasing destinations. So too many business owners are chasing um, these destinations. Like it could be something as simple as accounting. It could be something as simple as a perfect CRM. It could, it could be whatever it is. It could be like if I could just get 10 guys and I could get them each selling one sale. If I could just, you know, it's good to have goals, but not destinations.
1: We all think we think it's going to be a breakthrough. Yes. That's going to make it easier.
0: Stop chasing easy. Yeah, It's never going to get easy. And we're going to talk later today about these uh, uh, MRP programs. Mm. You know, I, w- I was talking to some of the folks the other day about these MRP programs. And, and I said, you know... Do you know why most people want, and we're down another rabbit hole. I like do, rabbit holes. Do, do we do we know why most people want to get into a either a direct repair program or an MRP program?
1: So they don't have to do anything to get business anymore? That's right.
0: They're working themselves to a lazy point, right? They want to be lazy because humans inherently are lazy, mm. right? So in business, if you keep putting these things in place to prevent yourself from getting lazy, And you keep casting vision and create accountability for yourself, uh, then you have to follow through on the things that you say. And I find, like, even, you know, training people, uh, talking, these kind of things make you better. And when you put yourself out there, you have to follow through. Because if you don't, people aren't going to trust you. Uh, And and you want your people. That's
1: one reason why I don't talk about leadership that often. (laughs) Because I'm scared that my people are going to hold me accountable to some of those principles. And I feel like I'm a young leader. And I know it's messed up. I'm just saying that's why I don't talk about it publicly sometimes.
0: Well, it's scary. Yeah. Right? It's scary. Like, we have, I have every year. Remember, you don't just, this is the other thing. You don't just cast vision to your people. Mm. That's the other mistake. Who else should you be in this industry casting vision to? Customers. Absolutely.
1: Partners.
0: Absolutely. I
1: think that's a big one because, like, yeah, I love... The, what, about, yeah. what about suppliers and manufacturers? Oh, absolutely. Because they'll give you better terms, right? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: When they feel excited about where you and your company are going and you need stuff, guess what? You start going to the front of the line. And then I've told uh, suppliers and customers and, and manufacturers every single year, hey, we're going to do XYZ this year. We're going to kill it. And, you know, they probably hear that a lot, right, in this industry. (laughs) And then they're like, yeah, sure, buddy. Yeah, sure, buddy. You're going to do 100 million. Yeah, sure, buddy. Like, we've heard all this bullshit, right? Yeah. But guess what? We've done it every year. And we've improved every year. And we've we've said we've done what we said we were going to do. And in a lot of cases, we've exceeded what we said we were going to do, right? And for those reasons, that vision casting now, when I stand up and I share a vision with everyone, guess what? They believe you. They believe it. And when people are in a position where they believe something, what does it do to them?
1: Confidence.
0: Confidence. And it makes them go out and actually say, hey, this is actually happening. And like I get gooseies, right? Like this, yeah. is, this is hap- like this is real. We are actually not the same. We are you know, doing it different. We, uh, we are, we have another hashtag, we do it better. Like some people say, well, what did you guys do when you came into the industry? I'm like, well, we didn't really change anything. We just came in and did it better, mm-hmm. right? That's it. Because it's already there. The framework's there. It's not that complicated.
1: Right? I will say, I think the fitness piece and having that background and kind of the, probably the energy surrounding, it was LA Fitness, correct? Yeah. And and the leadership there, but professionalism, right? You've got the winning energy. You've got some some fitness buds that are all kind of coming in with a little bit different perspective than a lot of roofers. And then professionalism, because you, you've talked a little bit about how uh, on another podcast, excuse me, but this idea of coming in, looking like a roofer with a punch and and a big beard and stuff like that, where you, you can play the role if you want to, but you're going to get treated like those people are getting treated as well. And they're not always getting, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows this roofers don't always get treated. Great.
0: Yeah. So when I go to a lot of the conferences and, and I meet a lot of people, either I go speak and they come chat with me, the first thing most of the roofers say to me, yeah, we're like you, we're different. Mm-hmm. Yet every single person that comes and talks to me says that we're different. So at some point, like, like, the words have to match the actions in business and people have to understand that, yeah, the vision casting and talking about it's one thing, but you got to follow through on it, because I can tell you this, not every single guy I meet at every single show can be different. I mean, they're different <laughs> humans, Yeah. But, 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 but they're all like, yeah, no, we, we, we do it right, and we look after our people, and we do all the rest of it, right? But in some ways, if I were to sit with every single one of those folks and say, okay, well, let's come dissect the business, and let's take a quick look. Let's look at your growth pattern over the last five years. Let's, let's see if the words that we're speaking and the vision casting is aligning with the actions, because, you know, it's as clear as day, right? Um, success and failure leave clues. And, and, and they're all there, right? They're, they're in plain daylight, they're easy to see. And so my advice to, to most of these guys is, is really just, um, you know, we live by an expression that says, mean what you say, say what you mean, nothing more, nothing less. Right? If we say we're going to do something, we do it. If we tell a customer we're going to be there, we're going to be there. If we tell someone that's with us that we're going to do something, we do it. And no doubt, it's not a perfect world, because if you're doing stuff and it doesn't work out, um, I think your ability to be successful as a business owner is that you could be moving in one direction at 180 miles an hour, but the minute you realize it's wrong that you're willing to put your pride aside and change direction Mm -hmm. uh, and and move on and not get hostage to these ideas and concepts because that's where it's gonna hurt you because your pride's gonna get in the way.
1: RoofCon's amazing, getting to see all the speakers like Nick and Eric and especially Tim Tebow. Very exciting, eye-opening. Amazing speakers and great knowledge, keep it up. First RoofCon, been following Hunter and the Revolt Clan for quite some time. And it's definitely been a lot more than what we expected. RoofCon 2023 returns to Orlando, Florida, November 9th through the 11th. Get your tickets at roofcon.com. So discipline is required. And, you you know, following through on what you said you're going to do requires a lot of discipline. And I think a culture of discipline is something that I've seen in roofing companies that that are coming up quick. Culture of discipline. But it's hard to... Create that environment. I think. What have you found, as far as creating a culture of discipline at your company, getting people to follow through on the standards that your company is setting forward?
0: Yeah, it's all you as the business owner.
1: That's 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 hard to hear a little bit, like, because I'm, I'm working on it, you know.
0: Yeah, there's um, the, the, without any shadow of doubt, it's it's all you. Meaning. Uh, If you're talking about discipline and you're talking about follow-through, I think a lot of leaders, right, what they do is, these guys spend a lot of time together, right? So people get to know who you really are, right? And your people in your team get to know your leaders because they spend all this time together. And then they go to the bar together and they do this together and then they get loose and they say things they shouldn't be saying. And... And then they start like you know babbling on about their personal lives and and over time you get to build this image of this person, right and then this person is is- is having a meeting and, and there's a company meeting, and this person's standing up, and they're a leader, and now they're sharing about what we need to do and what we don't need to do, and everyone in the audience is sitting there thinking to themselves, "This is bullshit, man." I know how shitty you are at home, and I know what you've been up to, and I know what's going on in your life, Yet, yet you're, you're, so you've lost all credibility, hmm. right? So I believe that discipline comes from the owner. It starts at the owner. Everything about what stream runs downhill from that point is, is that person leading the life that is a good example? to everyone else, not the life that they put on screen or the, the life that they put on in front of everyone, but the life, because over time everyone gets to know who you really are,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And my people know that uh, I live a life of discipline, I still live a life of fun, I'm not saying it has to be boring, I have a great life, um, my wife is involved in a lot of what we do, and. We do a lot of events with our people. We connect with our people a lot. We connect with our people's uh, wives a lot um, because it's important. It's the old military thing. Like, you know, the military always used to have these big events where they got the wives involved because they wanted other wives to uh, connect with other wives to feel like they're not the only people that have someone in the military that deploys. Mm. Right? There's a lot of other people out there that that actually go through the same emotions that you do, right? And sometimes our high performers, they work a lot, or they travel, or whatever it is. And I think it's good for spouses to understand that their husband's not the only one that's working hard. It's not the only one that's going through some of these things, you know. And I think it's actually exciting because, hell, we even have some wives that now, like, you better listen to Kurt. Like, Mm. you better get to work, get moving. Right. Um, Because they have been to so many events that I've spoken at where they're like, yeah, this like we're in the right place. We're glad we're here because, you know, hey, I know we're talking about discipline here, but one thing I got to share with everyone. And this is and don't take this the wrong way. People that follow you got to know that you have the potential to be a killer. Mm. They got to know that the guy at the top is a killer because he'll protect you, he'll make the right moves, and this thing's moving forward.
1: What do you feel like, What do you when you're saying killer, what do you mean?
0: You have the potential to be very dangerous. Mm. Because think about it, who's gonna protect the business? When things go wrong, let's say there's a lawsuit, let's say, it could be anything, let's say competition, let's say, Whatever it is, you're someone that has the potential to be very dangerous, and and I don't mean physically. Uh, we could go down that path. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, 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 I do I, like yeah. hearing about that too.
0: <laughs> well, there's a lot of that happening in the industry yeah, right now. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. Hey,
1: well, sometimes it just manifests what you know. We're, I mean, we're all trying to we're all trying to exemplify some toughness, whether it be mental toughness or physical toughness. But I think that that's why that's interesting and attractive to us and we see people like dimitri and lee height fighting a little bit is because i think it just it shows it's it's kind of like what we've got going on our our heads there's always battles there's always something so it just feels good to see something out there i'm saying it i know that some people think it's bad for the industry but i think it feels good sometimes to see like a physical fight because we always business is a fight and our mental game is a fight. Even if you're just a salesperson out there, your mental game is a fight. And so it just sometimes it just feels good to see it exemplified. I'm t- I'm saying that. I, you I got
0: you got Elon Musk and, yeah. and Zuckerberg. Exactly.
1: And that's what I'm saying. Like that, that's why the whole thing about like it not being good for the industry is kind of silly to me. Like if Elon Musk and Zuckerberg can fight, you know, why can't two people in the roofing industry fight?
0: listen if you If you think about lions, if you think about you know wild animals, you think about packs they move in packs and they have a leader and they and the leader needs to be fearless mm-hmm. People crave strong leadership, people crave you know knowing that they are in the right place with someone that's fearless that will take them and the company to a place that no one thought it would be able to go to right because mm-hmm. in some ways that's what Leadership is. Leadership is that if you come to me uh, that you like, trust, and respect me, but you can look at me and say, Hey, I want to be like this guy. And I believe that if I'm with this person or this team, that they can help elevate me to a place that I never thought I could get to on my own.
1: Mm.
0: Right? And when people think and feel that, this is all subconscious, right? They're not sitting there saying, Okay, can this guy get me somewhere? It's like, it just happens. It's a feeling that, like, wow, these people are fearless, these people are relentless, these people have grit, these people want to win. I'm not saying these people are perfect, because that's where people get confused. They come into an environment, they come into a place and then one or two things goes wrong and they're like, oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Listen, buddy, everything has problems. Everything has challenges and everything has struggles. But at the end of the day, if you're in the right place with the right people that care about you and they're fearless and they want to go places, and that's what we're doing, right? We're, we're helping people get to a place they never thought they could get to on their own, like I said, and um, and so discipline's a big part of that, right?
1: You talked about uh, hopping jobs and how that's a common thing in the industry. Uh, salespeople, it's a temptation. You're talking about like something, one or two things goes wrong. Sometimes people want to jump ship, and so that's my question to you around uh, salespeople. You know, there's a culture right now of like, get the next best deal, parlay what you got into the next best thing. Um, why not jump around?
0: Yeah. How does that work in dating?
1: Well, you never really have to face your your inner demons in a way. You, and you also never, uh, you never fully progress as a human being because you don't have to face what you are.
0: It's easier it's sexier, it's more fun to deal with the new all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: just is, there's this, this thing about it, right? And uh, we spoke about this recently actually uh, with some partners about licensed states and non-licensed states. The cool thing about a licensed state is that, so people bound emotions, they defend the purchase with logic, right? Yeah. So therefore, uh, selling is a transference of feeling. Right? If I'm sitting with you, I can transfer an emotion of feeling to you that gets you excited to want to make a buying decision, yeah. right? So if you think about it, your top salespeople are the most emotional people, because selling is <laughs> a transference of feeling. Yeah. People buy on emotions and defend their purchase with logic, right? So 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 really your 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 top guys are actually whether they want to admit it or not, the most emotional folks out there, right? And so that, their strength can also become their weakness, Mm -hmm. right? Because now they make those emotional decisions when it comes to business too, right? Not just in the selling process. So in relationships and business and these kind of things, right? And so in these non-licensed states, you know, it could be end of season, starting of a new season, something goes wrong, guy doesn't like it. Because he doesn't need a license, he can... Flip like that, and tomorrow he's a business owner. But that's not really the best thing for him. It's an emotional decision, right? Because anyone can leave and go and open a roofing company and be somewhat successful immediately. You mm-hmm. want to know why? Because it's new, fun, exciting, and sexy. Mm-hmm. But this is the same reason why a lot of roofing companies can't get past 5, 10, 15 million. It's because past a certain point of revenue, you're going to have to really you know, uh, are you a great leader? Do people like and trust you? Do you have systems in process? What kind of funding do you have? Do you manage your money rights? If you don't you manage- You can't,
1: you can't, you're all saying about, you can't uh, switch to, there, there aren't unlimited suppliers. You gotta pay your taxes. You stay, you know, basically there's a little bit of momentum at the beginning that sometimes- It's deceiving. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then all of a sudden they're all over social media making all these posts about how great they are, right? Uh, well, let's take a look at that two, three years down the line. Because you could also float suppliers. Yeah, yeah. You, you can fill one up. You can open up an account in another one and fill that one up and then use these checks to pay those checks. And you can do the same thing with taxes. You can not file. You can get an extension. You can, you know. But the minute things go wrong, that all catches up, right? Um, where were we going on this point? Excuse uh, me.
1: Basically, the idea, shit, where were we going? <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. Um you know, look. Sorry, I didn't mean to mess you up. Uh, so, no. Oh, I was talking about um, people jumping ships. And jumping ships, I guess we're going also into uh, people just starting their own company, thinking it's going to be easy.
0: Yeah. You know, look, um, I want everyone to live their best life. Um, uh, you know, I want them to do well. And if, and if that's part par of the course, because you can't keep everyone, uh, then so be it. But I think, do it the right way. Don't create a windstorm. Don't go steal the independent contractors. Don't go try and take five of your buddies with you. If you want to be a big boy and go and open up your business, like, hell. This may even sound weird, but man, if we got a great relationship and you do it the right way, I'll even help you, man. Like, I'm not, like, selfish. Like, um, I travel the country helping roofing companies. All the time for nothing i, I don 't charge and but i, I here lately i 've sort of slowed down on it because my time is getting limited, and uh, at some point, yeah, if I keep doing it, then it 's going to have to be worth the time but but in most cases i 've always wanted to give back right there 's millions of roofs out there i don't uh, i don 't mind helping folks right because it doesn 't really cost me anything. Mm. And, And uh, if you put it into perspective, like a storm happens in Texas, Plano, Frisco, McKinney, maybe 300,000 homes, right? Like our group did like 11,000 roofs last year. Um, So it's like, there's still so much more out there for Mm. everyone else, right? So we can help people. Um, We have in our uh, core values, something called long-time perspective. And it's something that I've lived- That's a good core value. Yeah. It's something that I've lived by for a long time, and this is where we were going in the conversation, is is that, you know, people change too quickly, people hop from jobs, like I said to you, how does that work in personal relationships? It doesn't, because we keep chasing the fun and the sexy, but, you know, you need to stop wishing for easy, you need to deal with the problems, you need to work through those things, because that's where the true growth comes from, and uh, nothing, I know it's gonna sound cheesy and everyone knows this, but you know, a, a tree can't grow roots overnight. You can't get a strong foundation unless mm. you stay in one place long enough. Yeah, Just stay the darn course, I promise you. Look, because people are so emotional out there, right? Let's say you go to a company and you're like, hey, I actually really like these guys. They're good folks. They got their shit together, right? But somehow things go wrong and you don't like one of the leaders and all the rest of it and you leave, right? What if you stayed? Everyone else is so emotional that they all, like, every time they don't get their way, they quit and leave, right? If you're good and you stay in one place long enough, what will you eventually be?
1: Yeah, and I, like, you, the long term perspective thing, like, you will, everything is compounding, including time. And the more you shift, and I always just stop, just young professionals, I kind of just, like, stop pivoting constantly. Especially away from the power, because you get momentum in that spot. So you'd have a lot more momentum. And the more you stay in one direction, the more momentum you get. And sometimes that means staying in the same company.
0: Just You can't get the lessons you need unless you stay in one place long enough to truly go through it, grow through it. But here's the point. The point is, and I, I felt this in my previous career, if I just stayed and I'm good what will I eventually be? The boss. But most people don't stay long enough, so they don't move through the ranks, hmm. right? And then if you move through the ranks and you keep going and keep going and, and you eventually get to that point where you're like, hey, I've outgrown this, now you're ready to go do your own thing. Now you're not like, you know, making a stupid mistake for you and your family because before you just weren't ready. And, um, and that's the other thing, the hopping. You know, we, we get a lot of companies trying to take out people and maybe my advice to uh, companies that are hunting uh, talent is that be cautious about hunting talent, specifically from good companies where you're using bait of promotion to hook people. No, I'm at the (laughs) hook, right? But, but, But the point here is, I have these guys that'll contact my people and say, hey, come to my company and I'll make you a a leader right away. Yeah. I'll put you in a position to build a team with me, right? So now the incentive is to leave me and try and take some people so they got a team. Mm -hmm. Right? Here's the problem with it. I've been in this leadership game and and this uh, people development game for a very long time. Do you not think that if I felt that this guy was ready to be a leader that he wouldn't already be one? Do you think that I'm an idiot in the sense that, like, you got to know this. If i got a guy on my team that's ready, that's talented enough to lead a team, as a business owner, I'm foolish not to make them a leader. Because I'm actually holding myself back, the business back, and that person back. But if I know they've got some things they still need to get better at, because when they do become a leader, I want them to become a long-lasting leader because they've learned all, all the skills and the necessary things to become an effective leader. Then when you take them, while they're on this path of growth to becoming great, and you disrupt it and pull them into a place by putting them ahead of that curve, um, that you're actually hurting them. You're cre- for self-gain, you're messing up their path because they don't know any better. They're motivated and excited. They want to be a leader, right? So you're like, yeah, sure, come to my company. I'll make you a leader. And then all of a sudden they're leading people, but they don't have all the lessons yet. So guess what happens? The company owner makes more money because there's this initial grab and they get some people and and they get some more sales, but it's never long lasting. And then at some point that person doesn't make it. They'll end up quitting there, but now their pride stops them from coming back to us or I don't let them come back because I don't believe in boomerangs or retreads. You know, boomerangs, mm-hmm. you know, they leave, they come back. Yeah. Um, and I'll touch on that quick. And maybe this is advice for roofing company owners or any business people. If you're in a relationship with someone and you break up, you got going to do this for me. And, goes, and then they go out into the dating world and, and they're gone for like a year. And then, like, they come back to you. Well, they're only coming back to you because the rest of the world rejected them, right? Or they couldn't make it. And now they're living in this moment of the stuff that they miss about the relationship. They want to come back. We hear this in business all the time. I I miss being part of the linear team. I want to come back. I miss the culture. I want to come back. I miss the the competition. I want to come back. And it's like, no, no, no. You made the choice. So stay out there. Now. If a year goes by, I don't want you back. If a month goes by, you know what? We've all made stupid decisions. Maybe we're in a relationship. We think we want everything else. We go out there for one or two weekends. We're like, shit, I actually had a good thing. I made a mistake. Hmm. Well, put your pride aside and, hey, I made a mistake. I'll probably let you come back.
1: Right? One time I did that, it was pretty shortly after, and then they, they basically like accepted and then they accepted a different offer, and I was like, "Oh, never again." <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I hate, the, I hate the like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's it's being a business owner, and I it sometimes feels like a beta position because you always. And and tell me how you feel about this. And I, I know it's a diversion, but I'm just, it's weird sometimes. Like the amount of shit you got to eat as a business owner. I think that basically. And maybe this is a discipline problem, so I'm putting my, I'm risking myself by saying this, but like, just the amount of negative feedback you get upwards, and I, I don't always get the the positive stuff. Sometimes the, the, what do they say, the shit boils to the top.
0: Yeah. You know, I've become very good at, at uh, uh, ignoring the minutia. Yeah. Because that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And if you think about it, being this business owner is, is very similar, it's just a different level to like door knocking and sales. You you just get really good at, at overcoming objections mm-hmm. and or dealing with rejection. Yeah. Right? And and just over time you just get better and better at it. There are this long time perspective thing that I spoke about, like if if we're looking to make a decision in the business, if it's not gonna suit us five years from now, then let's not make it because otherwise we make this and then we have to change it three, four times before Mm. we hit five years from now. So we gotta say, hey, if we had an extra 500 reps, would this still work? Yeah. And if we feel it would, then it's a great idea. If it wouldn't, then it's a band-aid.
1: If you truly believe in what you're doing and you wanna be the best version of yourself and you wanna build a great organization, there's no other place to do that besides the Roofing Academy.
0: Yeah, I think it's a it's it comes back to that um that grit, that being resilient, uh, uh, getting used to dealing with objections, getting used to it. Uh you know, they it, it, like um how does it go every time you level up, you bring on a new biggest set of challenges? Absolutely. That's just the way life is, right? And so like for example, when I was younger and I first became a um uh A district VP right I went from running one location to running multiple locations right and what what challenge did that present that presented um, so you're in one location you can always roll your sleeves up and directly influence the number to now running 10 locations where you can't be in 10 places at once so now you have to learn the skill of influencing from a distance Right. So as you grow, you have to develop these new steels. But what what that growth did was bring on a bigger set of challenges, and I had to now go relearn and grow into this this influence role as opposed to this control role, right? And mm, so that's so good. Yeah. So 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 now you actually have to get better by giving up control. Right? Mm. And so we work through that. So I think the same thing about like being a business owner, right? As you grow. And, and maybe the better way to look at it is that if you're dealing with more problems and more challenges and bullshit, maybe that you're about to get to that next level of growth. Mm. And that, that long-time perspective of sticking through that, um, you look back on the other side and you're like, man, I'm glad that happened.
1: Hmm. I love that. And also just encouragement for those that are going through that period where they're they're switching over from basically the productive to... Having to be in, you know, influence a larger number of people. It is a, it's it's tough. It's tough for the super productive, high performer sometimes to make that switch. It really it hurts to to have to let go.
0: Yeah, someone. uh, So when I first started in the industry, I started to try go on all these trips to get to know other CEOs of roofing companies because I wanted to shorten the learning curve. pick their brains and all these other things, and another roofing company owner out there who's successful had said to me, um, said, look, one of the challenges I faced in my growth phase was that um, when it was small, I personally had this direct connection and relationship with my people, but as we got bigger, and I lost those that connectivity because we got bigger, um, you know, I, I didn't see what was happening, but I then started losing people at some point because Mm. I hadn't uh, adapted to leading from a different perspective. So pay attention to that. And that was great advice. So that would be my advice to some folks that are scaling and going through rapid growth. Because sometimes, you know, uh, specifically up, up north here, right, is this considered north? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, up north here last year had sort of like this record break in hail, right? And all these companies sort of doubled in revenue and they doubled their sales teams and these kind of things. So, you know, the, the thing about problems is they, they, they generally are happening, but they only influence us later. And so that's why I live by that belief, which you've probably seen me say on most podcasts, there's no such thing as standing still you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. And if you're moving backwards, in most cases it hasn't hit you yet. It's happening, and then when it does hit you, it's too late. Hmm. So your ability to see these things before they actually hit you while they're happening and make the necessary changes, right? So like, uh, you know, uh, where was I going on my point? So- uh, g-
1: Scaling rapid growth, <laughs> dealing with it, it's difficult, and it's something you, you talk about.
0: Yeah. And, and I think as, as all these companies have grown through last year, they've got to start realizing that uh, that advice that I was given is, is like, what are they putting in place to keep that connectivity? It's like the old we're growing, but I'm putting things in place to shrink, meaning like most companies grow and then they keep adding people to facilitate the growth like at the office they just keep adding more and more overhead more and more people to deal with the growth right and then they get all stressed that they need more people more people because they want to support the sales force but what you should be looking at is is how do i keep growing but shrinking meaning what are the systems the process the technology these kind of things we can implement so we don't have to keep throwing people at growth that's what we're always looking at is is how do we actually become more profitable through the growth as opposed to less profitable, because this is where roofing companies go out of business. They go through growth phases, they add all this overhead, then when they start having a slow year or a slow time, all that overhead eats them up, and now they got to scale back. And when you start scaling back in a business, what do your people think? Something's wrong, we're in trouble, and the biggest thing you have in your business is that momentum and that vision of growing. And when that vision's now changed because actions are changing, people don't believe they're in the right place. And then the whole thing comes crumbling down.
1: Mm. So That's good. Just some thoughts. Let me wrap up with this question. Uh, what is most energizing and exciting to you right now with with your business, with your personal life, whatever is going on?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things. Um, if I were to say what's the most exciting thing in the roofing for me, uh, it, it really is... Seeing that guy go buy the first home, and see how individuals are truly growing. Yeah. And how we're, we're we're taking folks that, like I said earlier, that didn't ever really see themselves. I saw them there. I believed I could get them there and through that influence. I can get them in, help them grow, and get them to lead these lives that they never thought they were going to lead. Mm. Specifically in such an industry, like roofing, most people look have looked down at these kind of industries but guess what Uh, someone said to me recently they said somehow you guys made roofing sexy where people want to be part of it and people want to get involved and people are creating these lives that you never thought could be created that are professional and stable and consistent and uh, you're creating these growth patterns for people to truly grow as leaders right Uh, that's how we're able to surpass and do better than others is learning those things. So my excitement comes from seeing the growth of the people with us, right? At every level, even my uh, 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 VP of sales, my regional of sales, my COO, my CFO, uh, seeing the growth as we're growing through those. Um, I
1: totally forgot to ask you about what are you guys looking for in companies that you're uh, looking to acquire, if you don't mind giving that in a couple minutes
0: yeah um so obviously our goal as is as
1: specific as you can for real because I know that there's like uh, revenue requirements and and yeah you know it's a, not
0: it's not as complicated as most people think yeah right, because at the end of the day if you so so for those newer companies, if you plan on joining bigger groups and you want to do stuff i would i would you know I would hire the right attorneys, hire the right accountants get your books straight, get your system straight, get your data entry straight cuz you're going to need all that stuff to be accurate, right? No one can make an effective buying decision without the right information, right? And you never want that information to be skewed or wrong. So, so you know, for those that, that, that are running their businesses, if we look at you, we're going to we're going to require your data to be to be good,
1: right? Yeah. How many years of data? At least a couple?
0: Three to five, Okay. right, depending on it. That's right.
1: kind of funny, because you're new, too. You're kind of new, too.
0: Yeah, uh, but you know, we started in 2015, yeah. right?
1: Oh, okay, I, I just was looking at the last couple of years. I think that that's, a, you know, everyone always does that, right?
0: Well, we've only I've only been in it full-time, because I ran the first four years part-time, full-time since the end of 2018.
1: That's what I was kind of looking at, was yes. the, that's pretty quick. But just it's how super quick fast. you guys have done.
0: It's super fast, but if we can do it, you can do it, Yeah, right? Uh, There's no need to put some limitations on yourself, right? But we've always done it right, meaning, or better. I've always paid the money to uh, use the better accountants and, and, and do everything right. Because once again, if you're gonna expect people to come change their lives, we have a lot of people that leave different parts of the country to come work with us. If they're gonna uproot their family can work with us, then as the leader, I gotta be making the right choices behind the scenes so that they have a long time career to be with us, right? That's most important, right? So so I would look at data, so we're gonna look at that. Then obviously the leadership team, right? Where does the leadership team come from? Where do they wanna go? Uh, do they want Because
1: to... you're trying to acquire assets in the form of like high performing individuals and and teams.
0: Yes. There's a financial requirement. We don't wanna look at companies sub, three to four million in EBITDA uh, because in some ways they've they, they just they've got too much they still have to do.
1: Yeah, I know that this is like a ridiculous question, but that's usually like 10, 20 plus million revenue or?
0: You know, 10 to 15, yeah. depending on just how. Just kind of
1: giving some people. Yeah. I know that even a lot of 10 to 15 companies don't have three, four million EBITDA, but.
0: yeah. I, I feel like the sweet spot, just from a like, hey, these guys have probably been through some stuff and they've learned some stuff, that 15 to 20 is probably a better sweet spot. Yeah. Um, and you
1: guys, do you have any particular, just for, you know, opening up the audience for you guys right now, um, do you have any particular locations in the country that you're looking for?
0: Absolutely. Um, do you
1: want to share some
0: of those So in case somebody wants at, yeah, to reach out? Atlanta, Ohio, uh, Kansas... Um, you know, sort of the central, central sure. piece, because we've got, we've got Florida, we've got uh, Colorado. We'd probably look at another Colorado outfit as well. Um, this,
1: year, this year, I bet you would. <laughs> yeah, I feel, like,
0: I, I feel like we have sort of Texas under control, yeah. but, but that whole central region, right? And, and, and even if it is someone in an area that we're already in, and, and if you guys are curious, go to uh, uh, Stronghouse Solutions, uh, the website's powered by Stronghouse Solutions and you'll actually see our map and all our companies and where we're based. Um, even if you are in an area that we're in, if we still believe that that market, we just did a major market study on how much market share we have in different areas and stuff and it's still so small that if it's the right team and the, and, and, uh, the right culture that could be a good plug and play with us, we're, we're definitely open to to taking a look at it.
1: And what do you feel like you offer to those besides money which is always nice what do you feel like you offer to those teams that they wouldn't be able to get on their own because once you get to 20 it is kind of like we did something
0: yeah (laughs) yeah no you did uh but i gotta tell you if if 40 people get you to 20 million 80 people don't get you to 40 and 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 160 people don't get you to 80. every time you grow like to get from that 20 to that 40, you're going to bring on a much bigger set of challenges that you're going to have to adapt and change to. The cool part is we've already been through all those things, right? So we can, you know, it's just like we say, having a coach shrinks time, right? So it's about the acceleration of growth through someone that's already learned those growing pains and those lessons and's already implemented the systems, the process that can get you through that stuff, right? So. I think expertise is huge. And even for those companies uh, that are a little bigger, right, uh, that recruiting, training, and developing, and culture stuff, that leadership stuff, to get you to the next level, right, I think is key. However, there's other stuff, right? There's uh, streamlined processes. We're currently working with Acumatica and Power BI through streamlined KPIs throughout the platform and, and these kind of things. And then there's also buying power, availability, uh, we could take most companies and plug them into our system and make them instantly more profitable simply through our relationships and the things that we've negotiated, right? So. And you guys
1: a... are you're helping them take chips off the table. They're getting some money up front that they can do things in their life.
0: They can leverage that capital personally. And then... Reinvest. They
1: are there, though, for years, probably. You're, you are trying to get their... We require,
0: well, we require everyone that joins our team to also reinvest back into the group at a considerable amount because then they stay vested in the growth of the group and really, uh, you know, helping it get to where we need to. Because for those that don't know, our, our end goal here is to not just get as big as we can, but to disrupt the industry in the way that claims currently work yeah right in working with direct repair programs with carriers Mm. now to do that you have to uh, have the geography you have to be able to service areas you have to have the software and the technology to communicate with carriers you have to show them that you're going to be able to um, create consistency through product installation quality timing all these kind of things right Um, And once you can get to a point where you can create a global presentation on how you can uh, take this off of their hands and still save them money, right, now you create the disruption in the way that it works. For example, right now, if you got into a car accident with your car, you call your insurance carrier, they tell you where to drop it off, it gets fixed, you pick it up and you're gone. You don't have to learn everything about a light bulb and a light and a this and a bumper and a paint and all this stuff, right? Homeowners shouldn't have to have to be forced into learning all this stuff about roofing and what contract that he used and all the rest of it. This should be handled effectively, smoothly, efficiently, qu- with quality, and it becomes a win-win for everyone. It becomes a win-win for the industry, a win-win for roofing, a win-win for partners, a win-win for insurance carriers and most importantly, a win for the customer.
1: Absolutely, I, uh, I believe we've covered uh, just a ton of amazing topics and I wanna wrap it up. Uh, where can people check you guys out again, just in case they wanna um, connect on one of these things?
0: Yeah, well you can connect with me on social media. Uh, firstly, uh, Kurt Linnington or my Instagram is at Kurt Sting, uh, that's K-I-R-T-S-T-I-N-G. Uh, Alternatively, LinearRoofing.com and or if you spoke to us at the group level, uh, uh, powered by Stronghouse Solutions. Uh, The name of the group is Stronghouse Solutions. We already have um, six partners in the group. We actually have another three LOIs out there. So we'll probably be nine uh, by the end of the year. And we actually have quite a few uh, pending that we're working with. So if if you're interested in talking, reach out to me.
1: Amazing. Thank you for being on uh, the podcast is put on by hookagency.com hookagency all over social and Kurt is here at an event today at our office, which I just want to note if you're in the Midwest, why are you not coming to these events? This one's got Reggie Brock formal, formerly formerly a beacon and they're actually talking about DRPs and ERPs along with leadership development. And these are things where you can bring your leaders from your team and, and uh, have people at a, the high level, uh, speaking into their lives and so i want you to i want to note for hook clients and other uh, roofers in the midwest if you're not coming to these events at hook agency's office you're really missing out and thank you for spending the time
0: thanks for the time appreciate it yes sir